for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. Joined by my friend, my colleague, my man, Mr. Jaden Kozak, who's been grinding his ass off on these graphics, putting them out on YouTube. Uh, very grateful for that. And uh, how are we doing today, man? I think this may or may not be the second episode we're recording today. Maybe. It might be. That's uh, not for you guys to know, of course. Um, yeah. But, you know, we are we are diligent in uh, getting all these out for you. So, hope it's, hope it is appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Like last year, uh, we were definitely lackluster in getting them out as frequently as we could have. Uh, but doing each team individually now, uh, we definitely need to step up our game. Uh, and that's what we've done so far. And um, we are 29 teams in, about to cover Team 28. So it's been real. All right. Without uh, further ado, I've said that in like every episode we've done so far, but why not? Just rock with it, you know? So without further ado, we are going to dive into the 28th ranked Tennessee Titans. All right. So this is this is a weird team. We kind of had them all over the board. I Maybe not all over the board. There were some discrepancies among the Blitzpot rankers when it came to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they were a really solid team headed into uh, last year. Uh, I forget where we had them on the power rankings going in, but top say, 15. I, no, I want to say they were 22 last year, something around oh, wow. there, because I remember we got a lot of we got a little bit of shit for it uh, about how low we had them because this was last year they were coming off of the season where everybody got hurt um, and they were man they went on that run where they beat like the Rams, the Chiefs, the Bills like four of the top eight or ten teams in the league in consecutive weeks, uh, and they ended up flaming out eventually. But we had, having them at 22, I think a lot of people didn't like that. But we ended up being right because they were picking at 10th, which means they were the 23rd best team in the league. Or they picked at 11th, so they were the 22nd best team in the league, and we had them at 21. So uh, we were pretty spot on there. Just a little small pat on the back. Good shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but hopefully we can come to the same type of accuracy this year as we have them sitting at 28. So we project a lower year for the Titans this year. Derrick Henry, he's another year older. Uh, they don't have the same wide receiver core that they did a couple of years back. I mean, this is really rough. Uh, their offensive line, they said goodbye to guys like Taylor Lewan, who's been there for a long time, was a staple of that offensive line. So you got some new faces there. Didn't add too much on the defensive side. So... This team naturally just moved down after having a disappointing season last year. So let's dive into the quarterback ranks for the Tennessee Titans to get us started off. And personally, I think I was the lowest among everybody um, on the Titans quarterback ranks. And I mean, this this group is rough, man. Like, I don't know what I don't know how else to put it. Like Ryan Tannehill is probably a bottom five easily quarterback in the league right now. 
and he's at the end of his career. Obviously, he's not in his prime anymore. Um, he won't start anywhere else except for Tennessee unless somebody runs into some injury problems in the future. Like, this is the last starting gig that Ryan Tannehill is going to get in his life. Uh, so you're kicking the tires on him and probably his last year in Tennessee. And the sense of optimism comes from the two guys you got behind him. Uh, it's Malik Willis, who you drafted in the second round. Or was it the third round? Yeah. So third round two years ago, uh, you got, or last year, uh, they drafted Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis, at some point, we thought he was going to go number two overall to the Lions. Uh, that did not end up happening, in fact. Uh, he dropped down to the Titans in the third and seemed like they might have drafted their quarterback of the future or what they thought was their quarterback of the future. We saw him play some last year. It was pretty bad. And I think they came to the conclusion that Malik Willis is not the franchise quarterback that they're looking for. And so they drafted Will Levis. Like, I don't think they went into the draft wanting to draft another quarterback, but Will Levis fell so far that they just said, okay, fuck it. Why not? So now you got like kind of the throwaway guys from both of the recent quarterback classes and Ryan Tannehill, you know? So it's like, that's definitely probably one of the worst units in the league. I, I don't know. What's your case for the Tennessee Titans? Uh, yeah, as far as their quarterback room goes, I would say um, – I'm going to cover my own ass a little bit here. I have them 24th. Um, your 31st ranking of their quarterback room tanked their consensus ranking a little bit, so they come in here at 28 for us. Um, I don't think that – As they should. I, I think that there are worse quarterback rooms. I don't want to give away um, some of the ones that we've got you know, the rankings that we've got here. Um, like, for example, we just finished up the Bears. I had the Titans higher than the Bears. And that's not just okay. based... That's not even... Say, Go ahead. I will say that I weighted it, my quarterback ranks, more on the starting quarterback. That's fair. Because like, that seems well, like it's the fair. The thing is, you know, I'd say probably 24 or 26 of the situations in the league, that's what you should be doing. Like, we're not ranking, I don't know... I would say like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts and Minshew higher than another team, but they don't have Minshew anymore. But we're not like when it's when you get into the top guys, we're worried about the top guys. But when it's the Titans here where we could see Will Levis, we could I, I think it's a higher possibility that we see Will Levis uh, by the end of the year than Malik Willis. But, you know, that is a real factor here. And it definitely feels like Ryan Tannehill. This is his last uh, year as a Tennessee Titan, or at least as a starter as a Tennessee Titan. And, he may not last four weeks. Who really knows what they're going to do? Um, it definitely does kind of feel like they got, like, the two throwaway guys. Um, there was talk about them going up to get a quarterback. Like, they, there was some legit conversation around them potentially going up to three to grab uh, a quarterback. I think that they wanted Stroud. Then when Stroud goes at two, they kind of fell out of business. And then they were really good to predict the fall on Levis because if they picked Levis at 11, nobody would have been like, oh, that's a terrible pick. You reached way too far. Like that was where we thought Levis was going to go. I mean, me and Mitchell both put out our final mocks and a lot of smart people that are much more tapped in than us put out their final mocks. And Will Levis was going at four to the Colts. Will Levis was going to the Falcons at eight. You know, even, you know, maybe the latest he would go is 12 to the Texans where they were initially picking. Um, but the fact that they were able to get him in the second round plus grabbing Skaronsky, I think that was a great first two picks for them, even if they had to do a little maneuvering to get up to get Levis in the second round. 
I do think we see him by season's end. I think Tannehill's kind of run his course here. The magic has kind of worn off to an extent. Uh, but I think 28th may have been a little bit harsh. Like, I would feel much more confident going into week one with Ryan Tannehill than I would with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, long-term stuff, you're thinking a little bit differently. But uh, this is yeah. – it's not going to be the reason why they win a whole lot of games, but it's might not kill them with Derrick Henry back there. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, with the reports coming out of camp that Ryan Tannehill is, like, clear and above Will Levis and Malik Willis right now, that's a really bad situation. Like, it might have changed. That was, like, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but if that's the situation that's going on in Tennessee right now, then shit is rough, my boy. Uh, but let's move on, see if it gets any better for the Tennessee Titans. Let's hop into their playmakers. And we can start with no other than the king, Mr. Derek Henry, who's had an absolutely dominant career in Tennessee. Um, I mean... He is getting up there, though. You know, like most most running backs don't do it this long. And if you go back to last year's Titans Power Rankings video, you'll probably catch me saying the same exact thing. But I've told Jaden several times, I'll just keep beating, and I know this is expert analysis, but I'll just keep beating on the table that he's getting old and he's not going to keep doing it anymore. And eventually it will hit. And Honestly, like, my predictions for Derrick Henry last year weren't that far off. Like, he was banged up, you know? Like, he's getting old. He, Like, he, he was not prime Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like, he was not playing, like, to his full potential. And it's because he's a little banged up, you know? So, that kind of came to fruition, and it's probably only going to get worse as we head into this season. And, um, but if you're a team relying on Derrick Henry, that's not too bad of a place to be in. But you're literally relying on Derrick Henry because this wide receiver core, without a doubt, is the worst in the NFL. Like, without, there's zero quarrels about that. Traylon Burks, who people forget was like a one-for-one one trade for A.J. Brown and didn't really show, I mean, he showed flashes of it last year, but... This definitely not been A.J. Brown so far, and he's their clear and above wide receiver one. Uh, they got Westbrook Akine, I think it is. Like, oh, my God. Like, I don't even know. Just a bunch of bums on the wide receiver core. And the other guy that I want to highlight a little bit, Chico Conquo. A lot of uh, fantasy buzz surrounding him right now. Former Turk. He a Turk. Um, and really wasn't on our radar too much. Uh, but is super athletic, showed flashes last year, and looks to improve upon that with plenty of opportunity in this offense. So how bad is it in Tennessee? I mean, it's pretty bad. We know how good Derrick Henry is. We know when he's healthy and he's running the way we know he can. He's a top three guy in the NFL, strict, I mean, just especially strictly just running the football. He's a top three guy, and he's on the roster, and we assume him to be fully healthy at this point in time, and they're our 31st-ranked unit. So that kind of tells you about what's going on with the rest of this team. Um, I like Traylon Burks coming out. I don't want him to be your far-and-away number one receiver, uh, which is the situation he's in here. Nick Westbrook-Akine is your wide receiver four on pretty much – I'd say 70% of teams in the NFL. Kyle Phillips is a wide receiver for on 70% of teams in the NFL. I love Chig as much as the next guy. Um, 
again, Maryland guy. Really weird how we've been producing like a lot of these guys that come to the combine and just go nuts between Chig uh, two years ago and then um, Deontay Banks this past year. Um, pretty good for us, but uh, yeah, this yeah. is this is a very rough unit, and that like I know we're not count we're not putting that into the quarterback rankings, but that makes you feel a lot worse about T- Tannehill and whoever would start for them is because it's not like he's walking into like. Brock Purdy is in San Francisco where he's walking into a great offense with all these playmakers and this fantastic line. Um, Tennessee just quite frankly doesn't have that. They have Derrick Henry, which is not a luxury that a lot of teams have, but they're going to have to lean on that a lot. And at his age, when you're leaning on him that much, it's just a matter of how long are we going to have him for at this level of play. Uh, there was talk about them getting DeAndre Hopkins during the draft. I remember there was a there were trade discussions around them going from eleven to three with uh, DeAndre Hopkins also going to Tennessee along with the number three pick. Um, obviously, that never came to fruition, and now Hopkins is a free agent, and who knows where he's going? Maybe it is here to Tennessee. Uh, but as of right now, it's it is just not a great unit. I really hope Hopkins doesn't go here because then I've got to then this graphic is ruined. The whole thing's ruined. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even if they do had D Hop, like, I mean, it's it's not the same old D Hop. It's a little bit of a wash D Hop. I mean, it probably, it definitely puts them up in the rankings. Uh, but sheesh, I mean, it's it's rough. Like, I I don't know what to say. Like, and especially if you're gonna rely on the run game, like, let's say that, like, let's say you throw the ball 15 times a game, and you just run the shit out of the ball with Derrick Henry. Fine. But you can't give him all those carries at his age because he's going to get injured. He's proved that already. And then you've got Hassan Haskin, who's probably not going to ban Ty out Spears, for Tennessee. They did, get, uh, they did get Ty J. Spears right, in exactly. the third round this year. So he might get some snaps. Yeah. Um, but, again, but he can't. He's coming off a brutal he's, – he's coming off a brutal knee injury. And there's, like, some people out there saying that Tajay Spears probably has three years max in the NFL before his knee gets out on him. Like, they looked at it, and because I'm pretty informed on Tajay Spears because I did draft him pretty high in our dynasty draft. And then upon further examination, kind of regretting that pick. Uh, But there's, like, zero cartilage in his knee, so that can't be good. And, yeah, so he doesn't have a ton of longevity in the NFL. Uh, and you can say the same thing about Derrick Henry right now. So you got two guys that are injury laden, and then you got Hassan Haskin, who you don't have much faith in because you just drafted Tajay Spears in the third round. So what are we doing here? Like it's it's any way you slice it, it's not going to be good for the Tennessee offense this year. So it is what it is. But let's see if it gets any better as we move on. Let's dive into the offensive line, and definitely. Not, not it. Like it's it's not it, man. Like, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, like I mean, this is kind of what I was talking about. This leaves less optimism for Ryan Tannehill and whatever quarterback plays is because you don't have the optimal surrounding scenario. Again, they come at thirty first uh, here for the offensive line. You draft Peter Skronsky. If you don't take Peter Skronsky, this is our dead last group um, for offensive line in all likelihood. I like Skronsky. I think that. As a, you know, he was getting drafted as a tackle by a lot of teams, but his optimal position is going to be guard. Uh, the question becomes: Do you take a guard at ten or at eleven, which they 
obviously do. They're going to play him at guard here. I think he'll be a phenomenal player. I do think he can be an all-pro guard in this league for sure. Uh, the questions are on the other four spots. Andre Dillard was a, you know, I remember saying Pittsburgh should give him a shot. A lot of teams should have been giving him a shot. He was a first-round pick, went to Philly, and just got drowned out by the rest of that very, very talented offensive line. And if somebody can pick him up and figure it out, that's your tackle for very cheap. He, they didn't sign him for a whole lot. Um, Petit Ferrer, another solid-ish player, was fourth-round pick in last year's draft, but this is a very bad group and really hurts the uh, floor of this team. And uh, this really hurts the whole offense because if Henry can't run behind this line, you're not producing any kind of points. No, absolutely not. And there's like, I mean, this offense is going to be absolutely fucking putrid this year. Unless, unless they can like, I don't even know. Like the my best solution for them, because I don't think Will Levis succeeds in a situation like this. So like, Maybe you just rock with, like, Malik Willis throwing the ball, like, ten times a game and them just running the shit out of the ball with design QB runs and Derrick Henry and the other two backs that you have and then maybe catch somebody off guard with a play-action pass once every 30 plays. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really terrible as I think about it. But let's keep on moving into the depths of the Tennessee Titans. And this is where it starts to get a little better. They're front seven. I had them higher than most uh, of us on the Blitz pod. And that's because they got Danico Autry, who's a dog, and then even more of a dog, and probably one of the best defensive players in the league today, is Jeffrey Simmons. So that's a monstrous top three on the line. And then as far as linebackers go, like I mentioned, we were talking about it before the podcast, Harold Landry uh, got injured last year, so he wasn't really able to do much. Uh, but they signed him to a huge contract. Like he's on four seventy-five, like four years, seventy-five mil, I think. So I mean, he's going to be expected to produce coming back off the injury, and he has done it in the past. So we'll see there. And outside of that, not too much to look forward to. But though, that's a really solid start to put them at twentieth in our uh, consensus rankings. Yeah, this is our this is our highest front seven so far. Um... Jeffrey Simmons, I think, is an absolute monster. I think he's one of the best, like you said, one of the best defenders in the NFL right now. Getting Harold Landry back is going to be nice because uh, between him tearing his ACL last season and Bud Dupree being in and out of the lineup with injuries, they really had no edge presence. Um, they also bring in Aziz Alshair from San Francisco. He was very good for them last year in that stacked linebacker room. Um, but And bringing him in, I think, is going to add a lot to this team as well. Uh, Monty Rice was another player that I liked uh, from, I believe, two drafts ago. Um, and he should be able to show him the ropes as well. And you said bring in Nico Altry again, another solid signing for them. Uh, this is a solid group, but it's I don't think this moves the needle for this team as much as you would hope it would. But Vrabel is a fantastic coach, um, and he'll get these guys playing right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we saw times last year, like we didn't think that their front seven was all that last year. And there were games where they absolutely dominated. And a lot of that was because of Jeffrey Simmons. But like they could take over a game with their defense, you know, like that's the kind of stuff. And they weren't winning many games last year. But when they did, they were like dominating on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of it was due to the front seven. So sense of optimism for Tennessee, but still not one of the best in the league. Let's move on to the, uh, the second half of the defense, and that is the secondary for the Tennessee Titans. And honestly, like, 
We have them ranked 26th, but I like it better than 26th, personally. I don't know where I have them, like, in my personal ranks on the secondary, but you look at this list, like, you start out with Kevin Byard, who's probably one of the best safeties in the league right now. Um, he was really good at points last year. Um, he's been a really solid starter in this league for a long time. So he's the veteran safety on this squad. And you brought in Sean Murphy Bunting over from Tennessee. So that's like a big signing. He had like, I mean, he's more of a name than an actual good like football player because he was at, like on the Super Bowl teams and stuff with Brady. But that's a solid guy. And then I think Roger McCreary can take a real next step in year two. Like Roger McCreary was probably one of the better corners in the draft. And he fell to the second round uh, two years ago, uh, coming out of Auburn. But he's an SEC corner that has the size. I mean, he's a smaller build, but he has the size. And he was covering guys like Jameson Williams and John Mechie, like, like draped him. Like, I, I remember watching the YouTube video, like, when he was around when he was getting drafted. Because I was just a big Roger McCreary guy. And, like, he can be a really solid corner for this team. But who jumps off the page for you, man? I mean, immediately, it is Kevin Byard. I think he's far and away the best player in this group. He is one of the best safeties in the league, and it felt like he's been getting better over the last few years as well in moving into, I mean, I wouldn't say his older age, but he's he's not, you know, 25, 26. He's one of the older safeties in the NFL. He was playing for this team when they had the uh, the old baby blue Titans jerseys. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But I wow. think Sean Murphy Bunting addition, I mean, he's, again, he was the third corner on that team, but they had a pair of really good corners. Um, Roger McCurry now playing back in the slot uh, is going to be nice for them. Amani Hooker, I honestly think, is one of the more underrated players in the NFL. You got a really nice mm-hmm. pair of safeties there, but the Caleb Farley selection in the first round from two years ago, where you were really banking on him recovering well from that back injury, kind of happened, but then he, I think he tore his Achilles as well. So it just seems like he's never, it's not going to work for him. He just doesn't have the luck on his side to be quite frank with you. Um, but he's, if they can figure it out, he's a very good player. He's a size speed freak. He has fantastic coverage skills. It's just a matter of, are they going to be able to keep him on the field? Uh, and it seems to this point in his career, the answer is no. Yeah. And I feel like the draft him McCreary as a replacement for Farley after realizing after that first year was in the books that it, it really didn't turn out so well. To the Willis Levis thing. Yeah, for sure. Like you're trying and, in general, that's not a good strategy draft-wise to like try to make up for mistakes. Like, I, that's not the best way to go about things. But like, like I said, I'm a big fan of Roger McCurry, and he was rated pretty high on PFF last year at points during the season. I remember seeing graphics. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about this secondary. And like I said, this defense is what took over last year when they were winning ball games. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very often, but when they did win ball games. The defense is what helped them out. So I have optimism there for sure. All right. Let's move on from the positional groups. Let's dive into the personnel. And let's talk about the coaching for the Tennessee Titans, which is easily, far and away, the highest rated section of the Titans for us. And that's because they got a man at the helm who the entire league respects. And that is Mike Vrabel coming from that Belichick coaching tree a little bit. Um, I mean, he's probably team depend. Like, I mean, his team's been so. When he first got started, he was, you know, so like 
are you ready to call Mike Grable a middle of the pack coach, or do you think he's still in that elite, like top ten of coaches? I mean, I think you don't really move down. I think in my mind, when you move up in the coaching ranks, you kind of stay there for a little bit, especially when you move up based on like dragging a team that is not that good to a lot of wins. And they, he's done it in multiple years in a row now. Right. Um, and he's only into, I believe year four or five of coaching this team now. Um, and he's been able to turn this roster into way more wins than it should be getting year after year. Uh, just because this roster isn't as great and they haven't been able to produce as many wins, I don't think that should fall on him directly as far as, like, you know, the very important Blitz coaching rankings. Um, but I still think he's a... I that's what he That's what he stays up at, yeah. at night for. He's worried. You know, he like was, he was worried about how what, what, what he was going to come in at on this uh, ranking. I, I hope he's happy with 11. Maybe, you know, yeah. those NFL guys, they've got egos. They all think they're the best. But uh, I Especially like Mike Rabel. Out of all people, Mike Rabel. Would yeah. be a guy with a big ego. But I, I think that's it's not a guy that I want to get make angry either. I'm, I'm, we might have to edit uh, this before it goes to Instagram. So <laughs> I'd much him and Derrick Henry, dude. Oh I'd my much God, rather take just... on like Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid in completely <laughs> different ways. But I would, yeah, not Vrabel. Vrabel's on a very short list of guys that I would not want to fight. Should we make that a pod episode? Just we'll just do uh, ranking coaches in the order that we would want to uh, take them on and fight them, fight. and then like one like their star player too maybe throw that like a combo deal and see if we could tag okay them, cause, like, real quickly because i we are on a time schedule here i just want to ask yes. how high is bill belichick on those ratings how high is bill belichick on the i want to fight this i could fight this guy ratings dude he's, oh belichick he's he's gonna fight dirty he's though. tough-nosed yeah he's gonna fight dirty he's gonna have shit in like his tool bag that he can yeah, just pull out in between his fists just yeah dude like he's gonna he's got like nails in the bottom of his shoes that he can just like bam fuck you up with like he's, he's gonna take yeah he's a cheater he's gonna take out your exactly he is exactly he's yes. been known to cheat yes so he's gonna take you out at the knees he's gonna tanya harding you in the hallway with the metal pipe like he's he's a dirty dude so i don't all respect to the greatest coach of all time but you know I wouldn't want to fight that person because I would be afraid of what he's got his bag. But I'm glad we had that talk. But Vrabel and Derrick Henry, two guys that we don't want to be enemies of the podcast. So if you do ever end up listening to this ever in your life, we're sorry. We don't want to fight you. You think you would win. But we digress. This is a very good coaching staff. Mike Grable is one of the better coaches, one of the better younger coaches in the league right now. And he's probably part of this next era that I mean he feels like he's part of that next generation of coaches that'll move us into our future you know so seems like he's already been there for 10 years but it's been what like that yeah so all right let's move on from the coaching staff and let's talk about the schedule what we got on strength schedule we got on over under let's dive into it so strength of schedule uh, for the Tennessee Titans this year, they're sitting in pretty good shape. Uh, they got the 28th best schedule or 28th worst schedule, so that would be a good schedule. Easiest yeah. strength of schedule. Okay, or they, there we go. 28th hardest, so it's towards the bottom and hard because it would right. probably be fourth or fifth easiest, whatever. 28th yeah. hardest. If, out of 32 schedules, they have the 28th hardest. I, I don't know how to say that right, we but got, we're just we gonna keep rolling. Yeah, uh, but the Vegas over under. Uh, same as the Bears, sitting at seven and a half wins. And 
I don't feel as confident going on the over for the Titans as I did for the over for the Bears. Um, what do you think, man? Yeah, it's just I don't feel the variance here. And granted, the Titans have been a team of variance over the last few years. Um, it just it's kind of like it's very similar to the way I feel about Pittsburgh, or the way a lot of people feel about Pittsburgh, and the way that a lot of people feel about Vrabel is the same way that they feel about Tomlin, where it just feels like every year he's going to will them to seven or eight wins, regardless of who gets hurt, regardless of the roster talent, regardless of anything, he's going to will them to a certain amount of wins. And while they don't have like the, oh, well, what if Justin Fields takes that huge jump and then they're this really good team, they don't really have that option here. I mean, Will Levis maybe, but he's going to be coming in midseason and he'd have to come in and immediately be very good. So who, I mean, we can't really make a call on that, but they have, like you said, one of the easiest schedules in the league. They get the NFC South, they get their own division, uh, they get to play like the Texans twice, the Colts twice. Those are all winnable games for them. I don't think it's crazy to say that they could get there. I this is probably a no bet for me. I'm I'm backing away. If I if I'm forced to bet, I'd probably just go over. I give Vrabel yeah. factor. Uh unfortunately it might just yeah. be what I opt to go with here. But um it's not something I feel good about doing either way. When you think about the division, it like and all like everything that you mentioned spot on. Like Vrabel will will this team to wins against like it, it'll be against good teams where they don't we're we don't think they're gonna win at all. And when they do win, we'll contribute it to Mike Vrabel taking his team so far and like doing what he's doing with such a lackluster squad. Like we've seen that script before. We've seen so like that's gonna happen this year and they're gonna win the games in their division. So even though they're like they suck, even though the team sucks, they still they play sucky teams in the division. So the, as you walk down the schedule, I'd take the Saints, but it, Saints is winnable. No Chargers, uh, no Browns, Bengals. But, the, yeah, like you said, you play the Colts. You got the Falcons. You got – yeah, I think it's it's definitely possible for this Titans team to get up over seven and a half wins. But remains to be seen, man. We shall see. But, all right. Let's move on into our uh, wrap-up segment, shall we, for the Tennessee Titans? All right. So, uh, to put everything into some uh, some shorter wrapped-up content, uh, overall, consensusly, we have the offense for the Tennessee Titans ranked 30th out of 32 teams. Definitely rough there. Uh, gets better on the defensive side. We got them ranked 24th across the board. And then their championship window, not as optimistic as the team that was lower than once lower than them. And we'll see how it plays out, but closed three to four years away. Want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I said in the last episode that we're going to have some teams coming up that have uh, championship windows that are further away than some of the teams that are worse than them in our power rankings here and that just feels like the titans are in such a weird spot where like we said with Vrabel, every year it's going to be six seven eight wins you've got derrick henry as long as he's healthy you're feeling good about that win total and to get one of the premier quarterbacks in the nfl you've got to be picking in the top five it feels um and they probably aren't going to be doing that a whole lot with Vrabel under uh as the coach here, it's like the same way, like I said, the same way we feel about the Steelers. We were worried about, you know, what happens when Big Ben retires. We draft Kenny Pickett at 20, and I guess it works out. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
as far as the future goes, but this roster is a little depleted. You know, there's a the entire playmakers group needs work probably by next year because you're going to be looking for legit Derrick Henry replacements. You need to completely rebuild the offensive line. Uh, the front seven, outside of Jeffrey Simmons, you aren't really overly concerned with keeping every single one of those players on there. You'd be looking for upgrades almost anywhere. Um, you got a long way to go. Now, if Will Levis comes in and he looks like your franchise guy for a little bit, maybe we close that gap a little bit because maybe you have a tiny window where Will Levis is still under or still good or is good. Derrick Henry's still there. Defense makes some upgrades, and we're feeling a little bit better about them. But, like, if you really think about it, a few years ago, would you say the Titans were in a championship window a few years ago? I don't really know if I would. And yeah. to say that you would be better than that team, and those those teams were pretty good. I mean, they had a year as a one seed. They were up on the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, by two scores in the AFC Championship game. Um, and they were never really what we considered in a championship window. So right. it's hard to be it's hard to be in that window. Like some of these could say like ten years away. It like no one yeah. really knows when the team's going to be in a championship window again. So it. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the future to combat this, but this is the farthest away I feel from a being a championship contender of any team that we've had so far. Yeah, for sure. Like, do the Titans ever, like, with their, I mean, you mentioned it, like, will they ever tear this team, like, down to the studs? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that that's the goal in mind for Mike Rick. Like, he always wants to be in contention, and with that mentality, you might come across, like, eight, nine, 10 wins a year like seven wins maybe like you'll be floating around and you might make the playoffs you'll be in the hunt but you'll never be in that championship window like you said like those teams that were so much better with like aj brown dominating derrick henry like three years younger than he is right now like that defense was young and we didn't think that that team was in a great spot to win a championship you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, there is an argument, like, when you start to think about it, let's say Traylon Burks has a great year this year. Let's say Will Levis takes over in week two and, like, has a really good year. Uh, let's say Tajay Spears isn't, maybe his cartilage grows back, and he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's optimistic. But, like, let's say one of these young running backs that they have, um, both in the first two years of their career. Let's say one of them, like, pans out and ends up to be a solid starting running back in the league. So, and then you've got Roger McCreary on the other side. So it's like, you've got, and Peter Scarossi on the line. So, like, those are some solid young pieces right there, especially, like, a Levis and Burks combo. Like, you could see potential and growth there if you wanted to tear it down to the studs. But they don't seem very motivated to do so. So... That championship window is three to four years out for sure. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that just about does it for the 29th or 28th ranked. I'm sorry. God, 28th ranked Tennessee Titans. So now we're five teams down. Did my math right this time. Uh, but, yeah, feels good. Five teams down. Many more to go as we work through the summer. But we look forward to putting them out, getting them out to you as soon as possible. So it's been real. And we will catch you on the next app. Peace.